Hello everybody and welcome to another podcast of Midwife Life. My name is Jasmine, I'm a registered midwife and today I'm going to be discussing neonatal complications right after the intro of course. Let's go! Okay, so as I said before, today I'm going to be talking about neonatal complications. Um, This idea kind of sprung because I feel like there's just been a lot of things going on for me lately when I go to work. It's been really hectic, really busy, a lot of complex stuff and... I feel like everyone has this image in their head, you know, normal vaginal birth, everything's really straightforward, Um, you know, so I'm not trying to freak people out by making this podcast, I more just want it to be educational and informative because even in a low-risk pregnancy, complications can happen and, you know, like... There's certain things we do when the baby's born. Sometimes it does require resuscitation. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what we do to keep baby going. So let's get into it. First of all, before I get into any of the stressful stuff, I'm just going to talk about the rundown of a normal birth. So look, normal birth would be normal vaginal birth, pushing out the baby, Um, once baby comes out, we put baby on your chest kind of thing and give baby a little rub with like a little towel or a blanket. And normally baby does a big cry. So just screaming the house down, baby's clearing those lungs, nice and pink and everyone's all happy. And, you know, I think as a midwife, that's one of the best moments ever. Like it's so beautiful when the baby comes out and does that big cry and you get to see the parents hear their baby's voice for the first time and see their baby it's just obviously a beautiful moment nothing quite like it that's why I do it for a career people but yeah it's a lovely lovely time but there's always a but sometimes when these little babies come out they aren't always doing that big cry so i'm going to talk a little bit about as a midwife what we do in that situation so sometimes when the babies come out they're a little bit stunned so you can imagine they're just like been inside your tummy for nine months and sometimes once they're pushed out they're a bit like whoa what just happened and they just don't really respond even if i'm rubbing them with a towel like crazy They're just not crying or doing anything. Um, So in that situation, like we're obviously keeping a good eye on the baby. And if we feel the time is right, which is pretty much like if we're getting to one minute and the baby is not pink and crying and all those good things, then we will cut the cord, take the baby to the resus machine, which is in every birth room. And normally we give a good look, put the top, like we've got like a good light there. We'll see if the baby needs some suction. 
Um, so you're pretty much just going down. So airway, so look at inside their mouth and their nose. Um, check if they need some suction. So you might take the mucus out of their mouth gently with that. And breathing. So is the baby making its own breaths? Like I'm having a look at its chest. Is there a nice rise and fall of the chest? All that kind of stuff. So if the baby is not breathing properly, um, we'll give a bit of oxygen support, which I guess is the norm, like one of the main things that newborns struggle with. Like if they're going to have an issue, it's normally with the expansion of their lungs and taking good breaths because when they're inside you, all their lungs are full of fluid and things like that. And once they cry, all the circulation changes inside and they're learning to breathe with these lungs, which they've never used before. So sometimes they need a little bit of help to get adjusted to the world and, you know, get those lungs going. Yeah, so other things we're doing over there is checking the baby's oxygen saturations, We'll check the heartbeat, check that it's nice and regular and running at a particular rate. Um, we're checking your baby's reactions. Like when I kind of, you know, put my hands, you know, is the baby gripping and has good tone to its arms? I'm looking at the color of its chest and its lips. Is it nice and pink? Um, if it is nice and pink, that's indicating to me that there's really good circulation. So as a midwife, I'm looking out for all these things to make sure that your baby is safe and coping well in the world. So I'm just going to go through some reasons why your baby might require resuscitation. Um, I guess like sometimes if you've had like really, really long labor and the heart rate on the machine is dipping several times, that can mean the baby's getting quite tired. So sometimes when they come out, they might need this kind of resuscitation. And definitely when you're in labor, although it is safe, we would never give something that's not safe, it is important to consider that having morphine, um, it's an opioid, which is a respiratory depressant. So it slows down your breathing, like as in the mum, it slows down your breathing makes you really relaxed and drowsy, which of course helps with contraction pains a little bit, takes the edge off it a little bit. But when you have that, that goes through to your baby and your baby's essentially getting morphine through the placenta and everything. So if you have that and then the baby's born soon after, um, the baby can have issues with the breathing too because it's a respiratory depressant. So if when they come out and they try to take that first breath, sometimes they're a bit floppy and they need some help to get those breaths. So that's something to consider when considering pain relief in labor. Of course, it is safe and that's why we have the resus machines if we need it. But personally, I think it's something to consider. It's just a little risk that I thought I'd let you guys know. Another thing that a lot of women would not expect when they're having a baby is having a preterm birth. No one anticipates that their baby's going to come early, um, but sometimes it does. And this can be for many reasons. Um, you know, for example, let's say your waters break early and you just start going into labor. That could definitely happen. 
Um, if you have some kind of infection um, that's, you know, involving the baby or you could have blood pressure issues that are getting so, so high and extreme that you might need to have the baby early. Um, yeah, there's so many reasons. Sometimes it's just unpredictable and your body just starts going into labor. So I think in, although you don't need to know unless it's happening to you, I think it's an interesting topic. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what happens when a baby comes a little bit too early and they're not full term. So, so, so. I guess it really does depend on the gestation of the baby as to what management we do for the baby. Um, but let's just say a baby's coming around like 30 weeks or something like that. Um, there are some things to consider, like their lungs aren't fully developed. Um, you know, they're not going to be able to maintain heat because they're not going to have much fat. Like there's all these things that um, as a midwife and nurses, doctors, we all think about these kind of things. So what can we do if we know that you're going to go into labor early? What can we do to give you and your baby like the best, like your baby, the best outcome, I guess. Um, so what we would normally do is give you some steroids. The reason we give you some steroids is because that will help with the baby's lungs, okay? So in the baby's lungs, like imagine you've got your lungs, like I want you to imagine like two sacks of grapes, right? And the little grapes are called your areola. And when you take a deep breath in, those grapes kind of expand. And then when you breathe out, they deflate but they'll always have a little bit of residual air, just keeping it open a little bit, okay? So imagine that. you got that picture in your head there. So with a preterm baby, they've got, you've, they've got all the grapes. They've got the areolas there. But they when they take a deep breath in, it does expand. But when they go down, the residual air isn't always just like sitting there well. Like sometimes the lungs, like they stick together. They're very sticky, sticky, sticky. So it's a lot of effort for the baby to take deep breaths in and out because it's just like really sticky, okay? So we give you steroids, um, which helps increase surfactant, which is a hormone that goes into the areolas of the lungs and prevents, um, prevents them from being so sticky so that when the baby is taking breaths, they have a better chance at not doing it with so much effort. Yeah. I hope that made sense. That was a lot of science. So getting scientific with y'all. So enjoy. But yeah, that's why we give you some steroids. Pretty much, long story short, to help with the baby's lungs. Okay. Another thing that we'll do is if the baby's really premature, we give a magnesium infusion which actually helps with neuroprotection of the baby. So, yeah, helps with the baby's brain. So there's things that we do, and it helps. So let's get to the time when the baby's born. So let's just say, boom, 30-waker, shoots out, have your baby. What do we do? Well, we actually have, like, these little plastic – it's almost like a big plastic sheet. And when the baby comes out, we wrap the baby in that sheet – Plus, we put them under a really, really warm heater 
because like I said, they can't maintain their temperature very well. We put blankets on, a beanie, and because they're so little, they can't take those efficient breaths, so we give them some help with some oxygen therapy. So we'll put like a little mask to help them breathe and we'll be checking their temperature, their oxygen, all of that kind of stuff. And obviously being premature, they'll go down around to the neonatal intensive care unit. Um, so, yeah, some people call it the special care, neonatal intensive care. But, yeah, where all the premature babies are cared for, that's where they go. I personally don't work in the neonatal intensive care unit, so I can't comment on too much on what happens next. But um, I commend any NICU nurse out there. I think your job is incredible. You guys are amazing. Like whenever I come and bring a baby over, you guys are just in control. You know what you're doing and you guys are awesome. So shout out to all the NICU nurses out there. You're awesome. Anyway, moving on, um, something you could do as a mum if you have a preterm baby, I would recommend um, doing some expressing of breast milk if you can. So ask your midwife, after, obviously after you have the baby, um, it's a bit of a shock and things like that. But once you get yourself together a little bit, try and express some milk for the baby um, because your breast milk is the best thing to help that baby grow and fight infection and you know you'll give your baby all your antibodies um, and it will line the gut to make a you know baby be able to digest better all these kind of things so try your best to express milk and if you can do some skin to skin with the baby uh, we call this kangaroo care because it's like they're on your skin like a little pouch I guess but um yeah put them skin to skin uh they know your smell they know your talk they know your touch and you know there's little babies sitting in the crib like you know they're mini humans like you made them for however many months and they just want to be near you and you know feel you near them and honestly I think it does help babies get better sooner when their parents are around do we giving that time and attention so Put your baby skin to skin. They'll be able to smell you, smell your breast milk. Um, and, yeah, that's their safe place. So who wouldn't want a little baby just sitting on their skin? So, yeah, get onto that skin to skin. Another thing I really recommend doing is getting in contact with, say, like a social worker or a counsellor after you've had an experience like that. Um, I feel like that's really beneficial because – Although like you think you might have it all together and it's fine, I feel like it's something that later on down the track in your next pregnancy or, yeah, when you talk about it with people, you might feel quite emotionally overwhelmed. So I really think it's important to speak to a social worker, debrief on the situation, make sure you have a good understanding of what the hell happened because sometimes like having the preterm births, like it just escalates so quickly and without even realizing it, baby's here and in the NICU and you're just like, whoa, what happened? So make sure you are talking to someone and debrief on that because it's a very, very, um, you know, challenging and unexpected thing to happen. So talk it out, sisters. Whew, okay, so 
Now that we've gone through all of that complicated stuff, I thought it's probably best to end the podcast on a really positive note and just talk a little bit about what is normal for babies. So when you have your baby and, you know, say it's the few days after, what should you be expecting? What do you do? Okay. So you've just had your baby and you're like, what do I do with it? Well, obviously you feed it. That's the first thing you do. They come out, they need a feed. But what is the pattern of that? So pretty much with if you're breastfeeding, um, you breastfeed on demand. So what that means is you go with your baby's feeding cues. So what are those cues? Baby might be sucking on the thumb, you know, sucking on the side of the blanket, um, rooting around, looking. These are all signs that baby's hungry. Um, So babies generally feed roughly between two to four hourly. And if you're getting to say four hours and the baby hasn't fed yet, I think it's a good idea to unwrap the baby Um, you know, check the nappy, get the baby a bit irritated and try and offer a feed. Um, The reason I believe this is important is because baby's energy is reliant on your breast milk. Um, They don't have all this brown fat like us. They can't last, last for hours and hours and hours without a feed. And say if it's been like six, seven hours and your baby isn't crying for a feed, sometimes that might be because you know, their glucose is dropping and they actually don't have the energy to do a big cry and tell you they're hungry. So that's why it's important to make sure you're feeding your baby regularly. I recommend like every three to four hours, but obviously if your baby's waking up a little bit more than that to feed, then give a breastfeed, go off your baby's demand. Um, You know, babies are just humans like us really. So they're going to want to feed when they want to feed. And yeah, you'll learn your baby the more you go. Another thing too is when to check the nappies. So, oh, sorry. Mm. So I recommend checking the nappies with each feed. Um, You know, there might not be anything there. If not, great, leave the nappy on. But it's just a good routine to get into when you're learning your baby and you can keep a good track of how many poos and wheeze the baby's doing. Um... So with the nappies, most nappies out there, you know, the poos obviously, you know, the meconium at birth, which is quite sticky, tar, black, um, and the wee is going to saturate the nappy. And if you look at the nappy, there's a yellow line that runs from the top to the back. Um, So when that turns blue, that means the baby's done a wee. So keep an eye on that to check if the baby is pooing and weeing regularly. Um... Another thing too is like how should the baby be acting Um, or like how do I know when the feed's finished, all this kind of stuff. So with the baby, you want your baby to be nice and pink and plump, like their lips should be nice and pink and their chest should be nice and pink. If the baby is looking blue in the mouth or the chest, that's not a good sign at all. So if you're... At the hospital, that's when you would call the midwife straight away and get that baby checked. Um, and if you're at home, go straight to the hospital. If you ever pick your baby up and it's looking blue and the arms just like flop back and it's got no energy, that's a really, really dangerous sign that baby's unwell 
So you go to the hospital in that case. Call emergency. Um, oh, my goodness. I'm going on a tangent. I'm so sorry. But, yeah, so that's unwell. But if the baby is nice and pink and you pick the baby up and the baby's got good tone of the arms and things like that and, you know, say you change the nappy, your baby should cry and get a bit irritated, these are all good signs that baby is doing well and healthy. Baby likes head massages. Okay. Yeah, I think after that interruption, that is a wrap. And I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. Please follow me at on Instagram at midwifelife underscore podcast. Um, feel free to message me of any ideas you'd like me to discuss. And, yeah, if you enjoyed the podcast, please let people know about it because I'm only new and still trying to get the word out. So, yeah, hope you've enjoyed today's episode and see you next time. Bye.